Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmates' flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fiking Media Network. Happy Monday to you all as we begin a brand new week in the world of WWE as we are counting down the weeks until Money in the Bank going down to the O2 Arena in London, England in about a month's time. I'm Keela Cash and by my side as always is my co-captain, my right hand, the sometimes advocate for the rapidly improving Von Wagner who is still making that money on NXT and sometimes main roster as well. I bring to you as always... On the free feed, at least every week, Salty Scott Young. Welcome back, Salty. Thank you for having me, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE. Um, For me, it was a relatively quiet week until the end, but uh, a good week, I thought, in WWE overall. Some lows were definitely low, but we had some, some pretty good things to celebrate. Yes, we had a very busy week last week, running it back-to-back, Night of Champions, NXT Battleground. Then it kind of hit a lull this week for WWE, but a fantastic SmackDown, a closing segment that had another big twist in terms of the bloodline drama. We'll get to all of that shortly, but let's get right to the show. No NBA talk because both of our teams are sitting at home, so we are done for the season. But for kicks and giggles, Scott, before we get into it, who you got in the NBA Finals, even though we really don't care about the teams? Do you got Denver or Miami? Yeah, I'm going to roll with Denver. Uh, they swept us, so I'm assuming they're just going to go ahead and sweep the heat, but I'm going to say five. A gentleman sweep, you say? Yes, yes. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. I'm going to say that the Denver Nuggets will win the NBA championship in five games over the Miami Heat. I want a pretty good series. Hey, we got seven. Miami can make magic happen, but we'll see how it goes in due time. But enough NBA talk. Our team's out of it. We'll talk about it again in October when we can beef for eight good months. But until then, let's dive into the week that was for WWE. First off, it's Monday Night Raw. It is a couple of days removed from Night of Champions. We got a new champion in the form of Seth freaking Rollins. He comes out amongst the people. Very OG, old school Shield style, which I love. And the people sing to him. He's very proud and happy to be champion. One that would be on Monday Night Raw every single week, defending the championship on the regular, being a consistent fighting present champion. We love that for us because we get to see him with a belt competing and having great feuds, one would hope. And then Scott, you know, I had some hope that the draft would be honored, that the brand extension 
would mean something, but how wrong I was, because why did I hear on a Monday Night Raw, the theme song of one AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, he comes out and blatantly says, I'm not supposed to be here, but I couldn't resist. I had to come here and let you know that, no, you don't deserve it, Seth. You earned it. You were the better man on Saturday, and I shake the hand of the man who beat me to become the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. They shake on it. It's a lovely Hallmark moment, and Judgment Day comes out, causing trouble, also wanting shots at various championships, and it does come down to a tag team match between Seth Rollins and AJ Styles versus any two members of Judgment Day. And I love the fact that Rhea Ripley also has big championship energy. She wants a belt, too. Name the time of place. Love that for her. But Scott, in all seriousness, we've been, what, in this draft for less than a month in, and look what happens already. Show hopping. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's not, it's not really a good look. There's not a lot you can really say or do to defend it. Um, it's just like, why did we have the draft? Oh, well, we need something to just pop a quick rating. We know the draft will do that. I mean, I... What other reason is there? We wanted to shift the card a little bit. USA wanted to say we have these names. Fox wanted to say we have these names. I don't know. It just, when you do stuff like this so blatant and you have AJ just come out and be like, yeah, you know, I'm not supposed to be here, but I was in the area. I figured I'd stop by on the way. Like, come on, what are we doing? Um, I mean, like Seth couldn't have teamed up with anybody else and, and went, at, went at it with Judgment Day. Like, you couldn't have elevated another baby face to come in and help Seth Rollins, the champ against judgment day. Like those are things that you can do a new drafty who just came in, like elevate somebody, use that, utilize that. Yeah, but they don't listen, Scott. They just want to pop a rating. As you said, they got their numbers up for SmackDown, especially raw was so, so a lot of competition, but the fact is they never honor the integrity of the brand split. They show hop immediately. And this is what we got. If that's the case. And just to hell with the brand split. It was very good television when everybody was hopping shows anyways, just get back to that. Stop playing games. Stop making it sound like the draft matters when it does not. I, I got irritated last Monday too, when Shotzi randomly appeared on Monday Night Raw. Like, okay, she's on SmackDown. I know that these women's tag team titles, they jump across shows. But at the same time, last I checked, Shotzi was a SmackDown wrestler, but here she is helping Raquel on Monday Night Raw when Raquel, I believe is on raw, but it's so confusing because everybody jumps shows. Yeah. There's no order. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just, we, you know, whoever needs to show up shows up. That seems to be what they're doing now. Yeah. It sucks. At least scrap daddy, Adam Pierce called the higher ups to cut through the red tape to make it. So AJ Styles could be a part of the main event of Monday night raw. Cause let's not forget we have Raw and SmackDown representatives that apparently control the show, and we don't know who those people are. Yeah, I know who those people are. You know who those people are. <laughs> Just apparently Adam Pierce doesn't know who those people are. So, you know, uh, there's that. But, I mean, like, isn't it supposed to be Adam Pierce? Like, isn't that the whole point of Adam Pierce? Is he supposed to be making these decisions? He's useless if he's not doing that. Chelsea Green has a case. 
she really does when you think about it. Like, what is your job, Adam? Aren't you supposed to be managing both shows, but there is someone above your head to make these decisions? Let me go, let me go to the very top. I wonder who that could possibly be. Hmm. It's just a mess. And I just want WWE at this point to give up on this brand extension because let's just have everybody on both shows and be done with it. It makes for a deeper roster for Raw and SmackDown moving forward because this was just even too much for me. And I have patience when it comes to WWE sometimes. But when it comes to the brand split, not so much. Break the rule and we're done. Hello, wildcard hours. Hello, brand to brand invitational. All the shit they love to throw at us to just keep things going is what they do. And Monday was no different. But let's segue to something I cannot believe I'm about to say. So for the second time in about three weeks, I am here to throw roses and honor one Michael Mazanin because in the year 2023, he thought to himself, you know what? It's time to expand my moveset. It is time to show the people that Lucha Miz is here. So we got him facing Ricochet in a Money in the Bank qualifying match on the men's side. And Ricochet is going to do what he do. Flip dive on the outside, handling business. But Michael Lucha Mazanin says, you know what? I got time today. Let me do a Huracarana. Let me do a crossbody. Let me do a code breaker in the corner. Let me super kick ricochet. Let me do something athletic for a change. And he did so. And this ended up being a very fun and competitive match. Ricochet does come through in the end by delivering a stunning shooting star press off the top rope. But I have to give Miz kudos. This guy showed up, held his own, did some new things and looked good. Sure enough, he lost, but I have to give him credit. Go out there switch the game up, unlock some hidden features on 2K23 and give the people a show. And I cannot believe I praised The Miz this much without completely puking. But Scott, here's your moment to shine and bask in the greatness of The Miz, at least for this week. You know, I just want to take this moment and just say, you know, I'm not going to take it and bask, you know, because that would be saying The Miz doesn't do this on a weekly thing. But Let's keep it 100, Keela. He's kind of doing this on a weekly thing. And uh, the, the corner code breaker, he's been doing that for a couple of weeks. The springboard, let's let's say with our full chest now, Keela, the springboard <laughs> crossbody. Let's, let's, let's let the people know exactly what's going on here in the Mizanin household. This dude is now doing springboard crossbodies. Um, one of my favorite, I know nobody cares about the Miz, but I'm going to give a Miz story anyway. One of my favorite Miz matches and is him and Shane McMahon versus the Usos for the tag titles. And the reason is the Miz just out of nowhere pulls out a springboard double axe handle. And the look on everyone's faces from the Usos and Shane McMahon when he lands it, including himself, is like, what did I just do? And then he just starts, and the crowd is like, oh, my God. So, like, yeah, you know, was I shocked? Nah, you know. Fully expected The Miz to pull out a crossbody against Ricochet. He's just showing he's versatile. He can work many styles, you know. Um, yeah, I was completely flabbergasted. Had no idea that was coming. A running her in Karana that looked better than Cena's? Come on, what are we doing here? <laughs> I'm just saying, man, what are we doing here? What's going on in the Mizanin household? What fountain of youth have you found, sir? And thank you, Ricochet. 
I love how you said, thank you, Ricochet. Are you thanking him for a job well done? Are you thanking him for having one of the best Miz matches ever? Your choice. Flip the coin. And I'll take either answer. Both answers can be true because this was a match that exceeded every expectation. I stayed alert for all of it because it was good. And the Miz had his working boots on. Congrats to him. He has been showing out lately. And I respect that. I will nod. I will applaud. I will show love to the Miz, even though I don't want to. But for Scott's sake, I'm here to entertain him. And this is the most love you'll get from me until Miz and Mrs. come back. Hopefully it's renewed because let's not forget they do keep the lights on on USA alongside Monday Night Raw, no lie. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the second or third highest rated show on USA behind Monday Night Raw. I mean, let's be honest. What other original show do they have going? Nobody's watching the the jail the Jailbird Grizzlies. I mean, the Grizzlies, you know, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> the fact that show aired while they were actually in prison. It still astounds me. USA said, let's get these numbers while we can. Real quick, before we <laughs> get <quick>. canceled. <laughs> okay, let's get these numbers up. And then can we get the kids spinoff series next? We got to keep this crystally train rolling until they get out of prison in the next seven to eight years. Like, I could not believe they did it, but they did it. And the ratings were actually pretty good with Raw being the lead in. So they tried it. It worked out. But bring me Miz and Mrs. back, damn it. It keeps the lights on in USA besides Monday Night Raw, NXT, and probably Temptation Island, but I digress. As well, they were probably we, like, we could just we can just use this, and and people will hopefully try to see them going to jail. <laughs> they wanted prison footage, prison life with the Grizzlies. <laughs> That's going to be the new series. Can they actually bring the cameras to prison? Because I want to see how it's going for them. I want to see how I'm sure they're living their best life, to be honest with you. <laughs> Behind bars doing that seven to eight. I I wish them the very best, but I'm sure USA is plotting their release and they can do out of prison with the Chrisleys. Life after lock up the Wii version for the Chrisleys. They're going to make that bank somehow, some way, no doubt about it. As we do move on next to our next topic surrounding Monday Night Raw, the fallout from Night of Champions. We have a couple of Money in the Bank qualifying matches. But before we get to that, we got to talk about the comedic stylings of one Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because they were on commentary, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. They got a lot to talk about. Kevin Owens wearing a We The Ones t-shirt, just trolling. I love that because it's true. The Usos are the ones in every way. And they sit up to Roman Reigns at Night of Champions. Jimmy Uso super kicked his cousin. And that caused a major rift in the bloodline. And we got KO and Sammy taking a lap. And then we have Imperium come out to confront the champs, followed by American Alpha and Maxine Dupree. Chad Gable and Otis are all on one accord now. They're baby faces. This is what we wanted, Scott. We love that for this crew who can be over as a strong baby face tag team. Even the shush is getting over with the people as well. This leads to a tag team match between American Alpha. Oops, Sammy, not American Alpha. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Alpha Academy and Imperium. And we had KO and Sammy on guest commentary. And let me tell you something. They were absolutely hilarious on commentary. They were so good 
Corey Graves shut up. He seated the floor to them. He let them talk their shit. And I was living. And Kevin Owens kept trying Giovanni Vinci. I love Giovanni. But every time he was on offense, Kevin kept calling him baldy. And that's all I can hear now in my head. Kevin, you're wrong for that. The match is very good. Great back and forth action. Ultimately, we have some interference by Imperium numbers game catches up in terms of the quick tags and whatnot. So this leads to Sarah Logan and Maxine Dupree getting into it at ringside and they went away. And then we have Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser land the European bomb on Chad Gable to pick up the win and possibly place themselves back in line for a possible shot at the WWE undisputed tag team champs as KO and Sammy talk their shit on commentary. But Scott, your thought on the commentary, the matchup, and Corey Graves kind of being like, damn, they kind of did my job better than me. That just goes to show that the chemistry that, that Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn have. And, you know, let's also give it up to the work that was in the ring. They they cared about who was in the ring. There was good work in the ring to be had. So I thought this was a good segment, good showcase for the tag division, a uh, good showcase of a potential top babyface team. Alpha Academy. So I, yeah, I thought this was all around a very good segment and I look forward to the eventual Imperium Sami Zayn KO tag title match. I want it on pay-per-view. I would love to see it at Money in the Bank, a hot crowd in London, England, hyping up both teams. They can have a lot of fun, give them time and they can absolutely ball out. So I just love the strength of the tag team division for both Raw and SmackDown. Low-key strong in a lot of ways, and I'm digging it. But yeah, KO and Sammy were a highlight on commentary, and they called a very good match as well between Alpha Academy and Imperium. Two very good tag teams heating things up on Monday Night Raw. As we get to our next topic, which is a Money in the Bank qualifying match, number two for the night, is Shinsuke Nakamura versus Bronson Reed. And this was another very good match. And I love Bronson Reed. I've loved him since his days on NXT. His New Japan excursion from a couple of years ago was really good as well. But here's the thing that's interesting. They're trying to spotlight Bronson Reed. He's had wonderful moments in the main roster, had a win over Ricochet the week before. And I love Shisuke Nakamura. He's a legend in the game and they're trying to protect him as well. But if you're trying to do that, then don't book this match against two guys who need the win very badly. And I was very surprised that Shisuke Nakamura beat Bronson Reed with a Kinshasa times two to move on to the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, I hope there's a second chance for Bronson Reed to get in, but you beat Ricochet. Last week, Ricochet gets in, and you don't? Booking choices. Yeah, I Bronson Reed, but this is how they've booked Bronson Reed since he's been called up. <clears throat> you mentioned, excuse me, you mentioned he's had some good moments, but all those moments have all come when he loses. Like, he hasn't really had a big moment where he's had the moment and then won the match. Like, even the Elimination Chamber, he looked great, then he lost. You know, he looked great in the Battle Royal, then he lost. I the the match with Ricochet, he won the match, but he didn't do anything that stood out. He didn't have one of those moments. Here he 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 looked good, but but he lost. He lost the you know the qualifier, and I'm not surprised Shinsuke won. You could tell there's a renewed interest, and there's going to be a renewed push with Shinsuke. Triple H was always high on him in NXT. His presentation was always pitch perfect when it comes to the NXT stuff. So none of that surprises me. Um, I am curious to see what they're going to do. I could see them doing like some type of three-way or four-way with all the losers of the uh, 
uh, qualifying matches on a Raw or SmackDown. So there is that possibility he could still get in. But you do have to wonder, like, how serious do they take Bronson Reed? And uh, you have to wonder if all the complaints online about Bronson beating Okada and then going to lose, you know, on Monday Night Raw is just about to Mustafa Ali in a battle royal. It's like, you know, what are you doing? But he's getting the bag. I'm sure he's happy. It is what it is. The bag is nice, but yeah, the booking choices. I hope it gets better for him. If there is a second chance to get in the Money in the Bank, in, if, if there is a second chance for him to get in the Money in the Bank ladder match, I hope he gets in. He'll have another great moment. He won't win, I don't think. But yeah, it's a pattern here. Even at Backlash, when it was Bronson Reed, Bobby Lashley, and Austin Theory, once again, as you mentioned, spotlight moonsault, but he still loses. So it's like, when can he get that one key victory that's going to put him to that next level on the main roster? Hopefully it comes very soon because he's very talented and the people do see something in him. They do respond when he hits his finisher and he is a hoss out there that can fly. They can fight. They can do many things in the ring. Very versatile. So I think the WWE would be wise to capitalize on that while they can, but we'll see how it goes. Everybody can't get a push at once, but you do have power of who you put and these Money in the Bank ladder matches and the matchup for me, it was a bit of a toss-up. And sure enough, Shinsuke Nakamura pulled out the win in a very surprising way. Yeah, and uh, I, I like the double. I, I do at least appreciate the fact that they're trying to protect Bronson Reed. You know, it takes a lot to finish him. He's not somebody who just goes down easy. So I do appreciate that aspect. But you still got to, like you said, you didn't have to book this match. If you didn't want Bronson in the, the Money in the Bank match, then... Don't book him in this and just let him destroy somebody. Exactly. A squash match would have been so much better than just losing like this if there's not going to be a second chance to get in. And that is the best point you can possibly make to wrap up this part of the show. As we move on to our main event of Monday Night Raw, cross promotion of it all, it's the brand new WWE heavyweight champion of the world, Seth freaking Rollins and AJ Styles versus Damian Priest and Finn Balor of the Judgment Day. We got Rhea Ripley and Dom Dom causing trouble at a ringside. And an early highlight for me was a throwback to a classic segment from many years ago at a WWE pay-per-view. So <laughs> we have Seth Rollins out of the ring and Rhea Ripley feels a presence and she assumes that it's Dom Dom, Dominic Mysterio, wrapping his arms around mommy. And she's smiling. And then she turns around and she quickly realizes, oh, no, this is not Dom Dom. This is Seth Rollins and Seth and her freak out. This is parallel to HBK, Shawn Michaels and Melina in a very similar position. <laughs> and they both freak out. So somebody remembered that spot and they played it up on Monday Night Raw. And I thought it was absolutely hilarious, Scott. Yeah, this is a, a nice touch. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, Rollins is great in this role. Rhea Ripley was fantastic. I, I Like you said, nice callback. Uh, you could see the influence from uh, Triple H and HBK since that was in, I believe, the Survivor Series match where they were both in. So, yeah, that was, that was a fun spot. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. 
What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes. So as always, Dom Dom and Rhea cause trouble. And every time they get ejected, they're like shocked. Like they can't believe it. I love them so much as a duo. They're fantastic. Week to week, they cause trouble. And I love it. So they're out of the way. And it's down to a regular traditional tag team match. The action is really good down the stretch. Seth works great with Finn and Damian Priest and Damian Priest and AJ Styles go back and forth. And then we get the tandem finish of AJ Styles wiping out Damian Priest. And then we have Seth Rollins cleaning up as well to get the win for his team. And Finn Balor is kind of spared from the pin, I believe, this week. And it's Priest who takes the fall. So very interesting here as they're also trying to be in the running for the tag team titles. But a very strong way to end Monday Night Raw, despite AJ Styles, who is not a part of the Raw roster, still having his moment on Monday Night Raw alongside the brand new World Heavyweight Champion. Well, actually, it doesn't make any sense because this week we're going to have Seth Rollins versus Damian Priest in a title match. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, why, why, why would you book this match? First of all, AJ's not even supposed to be there. So, <laughs> strike one. Secondly, why is Damian Priest in this match if he's just there to lose? Strike two. <laughs> Thirdly, like... And you have the nerve to have this man answer the open challenge. I mean, like, I don't know, man. Rollins is doing about as good as he can. And thank God this man is over, but nobody else is doing him any favors. The booking. Let's just dissect what Scott just said. So first of all, AJ ain't supposed to be here. Number two, Damian Priest lost this match for his team. Number three, Seth issues an open challenge. Number four, Damian Priest, a loser, accepts this challenge. Number five, Adam Pierce says, that's a great idea. Let's book this World Heavyweight Championship match for Monday Night Raw. Six, Finn Balor beat one half of the tag team champions a couple of weeks ago. Why he? Why isn't he in line for a title shot? All of this is so confusing. So it goes to that old classic saying, Wins and losses truly don't matter in WWE because you can find a way to lose up like Damian Priest did this past Monday. You lose and you find your way into a championship match the following week. And I love me some Damian Priest. He has been well protected up until backlash last month against Bad Bunny. But I would hope he would be rewarded with, I don't know, more wins leading up to a championship match that he does not deserve after losing this match on behalf of Judgment Day. Dom Dom, dare I say, is more worthy of being champion at this point. And that's really, really saying something. Well, my whole thing is like Finn Balor been taking losses. And Dom, why wouldn't you just have Finn Balor and Dominic in the match anyway? Like that, that was kind of where they seemed like they were going with the whole thing with them laughing at Dominic during the promo segment. Like, why wouldn't you have Rhea Ripley be like, Dominic ain't scared of y'all. He's going to be in the tag matches, something like that. So now at least Damien's not in the match, but there's a connection. He's like, you know what? You beat up my boy Dominic. Now I'm going to come for you and try to take your title. 
now we have a very simple story laid out right there. There's a reason Damian Priest is challenging. You could even have him beat somebody real quick in the, you know a couple matches before on Raw earlier in the show. I mean, like this stuff is simple, and I don't know why they just they make it so hard on themselves. And it's so simple. It's not hard at all, but they make it incredibly difficult when it doesn't have to be. Choices all around. This episode was a choice in terms of what the hell is going on in terms of the brand split and booking across the board. It was a good show, but sometimes I cannot turn my brain off because the booking on the show is definitely a choice. I think there's an old man who is making decisions via Zoom in the middle of the day and just doing the absolute most. And for that, dude, get on a yacht and count your money and leave us alone because this show was so much better six months ago when you were away from it. Yeah, you know, and it's not, I don't even, you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the answer is, but whatever it is, I hope we get to it real soon. Me too, because this is a lot for real, legit, my God. So let's segue to our favorite show. Is it really? It could be this week. I don't know for sure. We'll dive in, but it's NXT going down every Tuesday on USA Live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And we have a surprise, a surprise in the form of Mustafa Ali, because I guess he impressed Shawn Michaels when he gave Gunther his all in Night of Champions for the IC title. And he said, I need Ali here on NXT. I want him to have a competitive match and feud against a couple of people, perhaps. Give me Mustafa Ali versus Wesley for the NXT North American Championship. And if need be, give me Mustafa Ali versus Tyler Bate. And I am good to go. So he is sitting at ringside during this match between Tyler Bate and Wesley versus members of Schism, the Dyad. And it's a very good match. High impact action. Love the dueling splashes by both guys to pick up the win for their team. Just love them as a team and they're back to being friends again because Wesley was kind of mad that how dare Tyler Bate won a shot at my championship. The audacity of him, the audacity of competition. But then we have Joe Gacy come out there to cause more trouble to attack both guys post-match. Then Ali makes a save and he's buddy-buddy with Wesley and Tyler Bate for now could lead to a six-man between the schism and Bate, Lee, and Ali. But one can only assume that very, very soon Ali has his eyes set on the North American Championship. And I am ready for all of those match combinations because I know for a fact it is going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, uh, Mustafa Ali and NXT should be a nice burst. Um, I think he'll be like a Papalo was a nice breath of fresh air when he came down. Uh, I think all, this is this is kind of what we have talked about and kind of how to utilize guys when you don't really have a plan for them on the main roster and you're not going to do nothing with them. Let them go down to NXT. Now, this is I, I would hopefully now next we can get maybe uh, a couple women to come down and, and, and spend some time down there, maybe get a tag team to come down as well. But I appreciate that at least we're going to get a couple singles guys to come down and work with some of these younger guys, have a different style, have a different move set, different bodies, especially when we get to the uh, the other edition that comes later. But yeah, Mustafa Ali to NXT, I think that's going to be um, a lot, a lot of fun. I know he's about to leave, but man, I, I think Mustafa Ali would get a hell of a match out of Braun Breaker too. I don't think we'll get that. 
but I, that's one, especially heel Braun Breaker. I think that would have been a great one as well. I love the options. I'll take Ali and dragging off Ali and die Jack Ali against pretty much anybody on the show that can go at a very high level. Give me Ali and mellow. How about that one? Yeah, that's another high impact one. I, the one that you said that I think really would stand out the most again, and I think would put Ali at his best kind of at the underdog, but still he could get somebody who can do anything he can do that die Jack matches the one they have the history with, uh, with, um, what was the, what was their hockey mat? What was their hockey team called? Oh my God. Retribution. <laughs> Retribution. Yes. Um, the, uh, the Orlando retribution. Um, yeah, I forgot what their hockey team was called for a second. Yes. They got the, they got the history there working together. So, um, you know, and Mustafa Ali can, can do his Pantene commercial in Dijak's office, you know, and, and Damian Priest would be right there holding the camera. So we ain't got to worry about getting the camera crew in there. So we're all straight. Uh, yeah, I think there's money right there. Now, see, you tried it at the very end of that, and I don't know what to do with any of that information. No lie, because you tried it. But here's my question for you. How did you come to the conclusion that Retribution was a B-League hockey team in Orlando? Purely based off the mask, and would look like some cut-off jerseys without the pads. Sir. I'm so done with you. I'm so done. I'm done. You remember, you remember Batman and Robin when, when the hockey team came in and they were like, it's the hockey team from hell. <laughs> that's, that's retribution. Now, which Batman and Robin are we talking about? Ba- the no, really like bad one. Yeah, yeah. George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh Uma Thurman. Oh that's the oh one God. where that's the one where Mr. Freeze shoots at the ground and he's like, Everyone, chill. And then like they fall and then they click their heels, you know, like Wizard of Oz style, and they out they just happen to have their shoes that have skates on them. You know, it's it's a wonderful movie. It's an all time classic, actually. Um Nipples on the bat suit will always be a lasting memory for me. And the really bad acting. Yeah, the, yeah, the nips, the nips were a choice. Um, <laughs> George Clooney was a choice, if we're going to be honest about it. Um, great Bruce Wayne, though. Let me say that. I thought he was a, a fantastic Bruce Wayne. Batman, <laughs> you know, I liked Val Kilmer a lot more, but. George was a choice. I thought Chris was good. I think he's a good. I thought he was a fine Dick Grayson in the in Batman and Robin. He looked like a. I don't know why they had a thirty year old man trying to be a teenager in Batman Forever, but that's a whole nother subject. Well, he tried. He was given an assignment. He took it and he tried his best. At least he gave it his all. I used to ask for the Robin haircut as a child in the movie. I was like eight years old when that movie came out. Let me get the Robin. Not the Robin. The Barbers were like, <laughs> okay, kid, oh mom, what does he want? Oh my gosh. I'm so done with you again. But I love that childhood memory. You wanted the Robin cut. <laughs> that was I my need guy, evidence man. of this. I need evidence of this. Is there evidence of this? Absolutely, but it's locked in the vault. 
We'll have to save that for a bet next year. Oh, we gotta do a bet for the Lakers and Warriors because if you if you lose, I need the Robin pick released as your profile picture on the timeline for a week. Oof, that's a that's a that's a that's a tough one. Which is tougher, a Steph pick or you? Definitely the Steph pick. See, it's not that bad. You can handle it. Definitely, definitely the Steph pick. Yeah, you'll make it somehow, some way. You'll survive. But we really went off on a tangent about Batman and Robin and nipples and poison ivy and Robin. And, oh, let's move forward because we get off on tangents here sometimes. Pop culture things. As we move on to the tiffy of Tiffany Stratton, the brand new NXT women's champion. And I want to preface this by saying I really enjoy Tiffany Stratton. She has a good hold of her character and she is improving in the ring. She had her best match ever against Lyra Vicaria to win the championship at NXT Battleground this past Sunday. Now here's the issue. Tiffany and long promos don't get along. When she's doing a taped promo or a vignette with, with her Tiff epiphanies, it's really good. It's funny. It's campy. But when it's time to cut these long promos live in front of a studio audience, it can get pretty stationary, pretty static, pretty fast. And it goes up here. She's in character. And then it just drifts and drifts and drifts. And then she loses her character. She loses her place. She loses herself. And it's not very good. So here's a solution to this problem. Have her drop this gimmick. Because that's not who she is. Charlotte Flair is Charlotte Flair for a reason. Bianca Belair is Bianca Belair for a reason. They don't play into this hyper character of who they really are in real life. They downplay it. They try to be themselves. They have an edge to them. They're playing an extension of themselves. Tiffany Stratton is not a daddy's girl. She's not some kind of beauty queen. She's not on the red carpet. She's not a model. She is a wrestler who happens to be an Olympic trained gymnast, which is very impressive. Let her lean into that background into being herself because I would love to hear Tiffany and her natural God given voice cut a promo that sounds authentic versus something where she gets lost because she loses her character because she doesn't believe the character because the character in some ways is very, very artificial. Yeah, this, uh, this definitely did not hit the mark in any type any regard um tiffy time tiffy title all the nicknames she was going for none of those really worked for me uh between the voice the cadence the timing the way she kind of just would go into each of her promos beginning each sentence here giving the the space you know it was almost like she was waiting on the what chance you know that's what it feel like she was doing this what then this what like that's that's what it felt like. And it wasn't, it wasn't good. Um, you know, again, you don't, I don't, you don't have to have your champion doesn't have to go out there and cut this long one day promo. Why couldn't she just go out there, sit in a chair and have some announcer just go and show a video of all of her highlights showing how great she is. Show a, a, a video of her even talking about all of her accomplishments. And while she's just sitting back, sipping on some champagne, why wouldn't why can't you just do that? You get the same thing, and then she can come out and say, and then well, I'll you know, nobody can beat me. It's you know, then she can say her one line and it'll be fine. But instead, you have her coming out cutting this long-winded monologue, and you know, 
that that ain't that ain't you know that ain't uh Monet that ain't Monet out there that ain't Charlotte Flair that ain't one of them who can go out there and cut those types of promos. So um, you just I think you have to you have to protect. I just think they need to do a better job of protecting their investments and just not letting them go out there like that. There was no reason she should have been out there thrown to the wolves like that for that long. That was a big ask. And I just hated to see her kind of flounder towards the end because it started so strong. But like I said, like when you're not buying this character in some ways, you do slip. And it just went on and on and on and on. Then the entire division came out there and even Electra Lopez was a face because Tiffany was doing too much. They crashed her celebration and they basically boot her ass out of the ring. And that was pretty much the highlight of the segment. But yeah, like she has what it takes to be a star. I truly believe that. But let Tiffany Stratton be herself and not this gimmick that is very limiting. And it will expose her the longer she talks because it has a very short shelf life. This is the chance now in NXT to workshop this character and let Tiffany Stratton be Tiffany Stratton. We drop the daddy's girl aspect, but let's drop the rest now and let her be her at long last, I beg of thee, because she does have what it takes to be a big time star in WWE. Unless this is her. I mean, I, I don't know, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, but this uh, is not a, not a good first step in her title reign, but I'm sure she will recover. She'll bounce back. She's done so before. I have had my words to Tiffany and then she proves me wrong and she gets better and she knocks this shit off and it just improves from there. And I hope that happens once again. But I would like to ask Ludwig Kaiser, Ludwig, how does Tiffany sound in real life? Thoughts? Well, she could sound like Angelica from Rugrats for real. So this could be a real thing. Oh my God. Do not make me do the Angelica, because I will do it. I'm just saying, man. Stupid babies. That's that's Tiffany. Tiffany is Angelica. (laughs) I cannot believe you pulled an Angelica in the year 2023. I hated the little twerp, by the way. I hated Angelica. Such a bitch at three years old. Shout out to Angela. Wasn't her name Angela? Angela. That was her mom. Oh yeah, that's right. What was the what was the what was the black girl's name? Oh my god, you're trying to make me go back in time. Oh Angela my god, was I just Boy know Meets, Angela was the black girl from Boy Meets World. Yes, yes, Sean and Angela for life. By the way, um, God, all I know is Cree Summer did one of the babies on Rugrats, the voices. That's all I know. Man, I cannot think of what that chick's name was. <sighs> oh, well. It's escaping me. It's been so long. I'll think of it at some point. You might have to Google it and just come back to me. All right, I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> so as Scott's researching some very important Rugrats information for the show, let's dive into our closing angle from NXT. So it was Carmelo Hayes versus Noam Dar for the NXT Championship. So Dar thought, let me catch Melo on a bad day. Let me catch him a couple of days after a title defense against Braun Breaker. But sure enough, Melo comes through. He does not miss. But I got to shout out Trick Williams backstage because I love this little weird menagerie of Ora Mensa, Jakara Jackson, and Lash Legend, because Trick was talking shit. And I would not be opposed to Trick Williams running with this crew someday very soon. I love their chemistry backstage. It was so campy and so much fun. And Trick's delivery was awesome. But back to the match itself, 
we do have some chicanery at ringside, courtesy of Jakara Jackson, Lash, and Aura, who get Trick Williams ejected from ringside. Yes, Trick Williams is ejected from ringside due to shenanigans by the heels at ringside. So that doesn't matter, as we have Nathan Fraser and Dragon Lee take care of the trouble at ringside, get them out of here, and then Mellow lands nothing but net to retain the championship over Norm Dar. Very fun main event, but the show is not over as we get a surprise appearance by the one and only broke-ass Baron Corbin, who went on a losing streak with JBL as his manager last year, and JBL fired him as a client because he couldn't help him. Thank God for that because the chemistry was absolutely terrible. So now we have Baron Corbin attacking the top guy on NXT, Mello, with the championship, and he could be in line for a title very soon. And I am very happy for Baron Corbin because I like Fella. He's very funny when he's done in the ring. He has a great personality. My favorite version of Corbin was Broke-Ass Corbin. But I want Lone Wolf Corbin on NXT. That was a sweet spot nearly 10 years ago. Time truly flies. And we kind of wanted this for him. Go back home, figure things out, have a fun run, go after whoever has a championship on this show. He picks Mello, and it could be good. But I want to see Baron Corbin dig deep during this run and truly find himself as a performer once again. Tap into something he hasn't done so just yet on the main roster. If he does that, then maybe he can have another run on the big shows that can mean something for a change. Yeah, I I 100% agree. And, you know, for me, I think this is more of a let's see how Carmelo does against a main roster guy who definitely works a main roster style. I think this is absolutely a a test for Melo as well. Um, This was... This is going to be interesting. Like, let's see if Baron Corbin can re- revitalize himself. Let's see if he can add another dimension to himself and and bring something different to the NXT table. Um, you know, I, I I like him too. I think he's a good worker. He's a solid big man. He, he moves well. He does his job. He does what he's supposed to do. He gets good heat. I think this is going to be really good for Carmelo Hayes. I think him being able to work as a real underneath baby face, I think – Baron Corbin is going to be able to get a good match with him. I think this is a good move all around. Yes, this is very helpful to Baron Corbin for Mello, for NXT, Walker HBK, work your magic, and let's see what we can do here. But all in all, a decent show. I think a good follow-up from Battleground. I just want the show to be stable heading into the summer season. When you have a big show, I want a good follow-through, and I want that for NXT, which can be a good show. And I do love the emphasis on more main roster talent coming through who are not being used as much on Monday Night Raw. And I will say the one good thing from this brand split and from this alleged draft that is kind of cracked after a month is that the free agent rule does allow proper floating across shows. If you gave us that, I could live with this, but oh no, let's break the rules every chance we get. Yeah, but then the problem becomes, if I'm, why would I want to be drafted? Let me just be a free agent. I go wherever I want. I go to NXT, go take that title, and then I'll just show up on SmackDown and try to take that title. And I'm going to show up on Raw and try to take that title. I don't want to get drafted. Let me just be a free agent. Look at the sense you just made. Brock Lesnar, free agent. Omos, free agent. Living it up. Why would I want to be locked down on a show? This Big whole Daddy thing v, is Von Wagner. <laughs> but he's like perpetually stuck on Tuesdays. 
Well, he just he just hasn't, you know, he just waiting. He's like, yeah, I'm going to wait my opportunity. I'm going to show up and get them paychecks on Mondays and Fridays, though. <laughs> he's on call. Like, when you need me, I'm there. He's a, he's like a substitute teacher. My God. My God. Scott, go home. I want you to go home. I want you to think about what you just said. We have Professor Wagner in the building as a sub. Really? Dr. Wagner. Dr. Wagner. And not Junior. <laughs> not Junior. I just want to clarify. Dr. Wagner can get some cheddar biscuits from me once he took off the mask. No lie. He could. Good, nice, mature man. I'll give him credit for that. Didn't see that coming, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't see that one on my bingo card, but that's, hey, that's all right. Hey, listen, I saw like, okay, I saw what you was hiding, sir. You got yeah. game. I appreciate it. I respect it, Zaddy. I do. I do. The man said, I've been living my best life outside of this mask. <laughs> No problems pulling ladies at all. I'm like, I, I see you, Dr. Wagner. I see what you've been doing for 30 years. I peeped the game and I respect it. But you too, Von Wagner, can learn from the doctor and how to pull in life. But first of all, you got to go through some things in terms of why are you the way you are, Von Wagner? We're going to get therapy with Von Wagner on the couch. Do you provide those services, Scott, in terms of lawyer and therapy services? Uh, you're asking a lot. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to hit Vaughn with that double check. You know what I'm saying? We cool, but we ain't that cool. You know what I'm saying? Still got to pay for them services. Um, but I think Dr. Shelby is probably still on the line somewhere. Um, maybe we can call him. Yeah, I think he will love a check. You know, let him do some acting once again and help Vaughn Wagner through his issues. And I would love that because I want to know more about Vaughn. I don't know why, but I do. And it's character growth. And I would give him that. He did get the biggest baby face pop of his career a couple of weeks ago, beating somebody on NXT, a wannabe lawyer. And that's another thing, Sean. Like, what is going on with everybody having a job again? Stop this madness. But that's NXT. Not a bad show. Just kind of there. But we're moving on up. We're trying here. As we move on to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox. And it was a very newsworthy show. But let's dive into something that I enjoyed, which was the opening match between the Brawling Brutes, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch versus Pretty Deadly and the U.S. champion Austin Theory. Very fun match. Ran two segments, which shocked me because we basically had Austin Theory down and out and Pretty Deadly save him as we go to commercial break. We come back, the Brawling Brutes fight back with dives and moonsaults and they're wiping out pretty deadly and theory and the match is not over we go to another commercial break we come back the heat is on and then we have butch in a little bit of a pickle as he always is in these situations as pretty deadly pull another fast one on him their antics have been so funny on the main roster i'm living for it so they find a way to cheat once again by hitting spilt milk on rich holland theory lands a town down one two three the heels win, they bask in another victory, and I'm good with it. The one good thing about this version of the draft, which is very few and far between in terms of compliments besides free agency, is the fact that NXT 
is getting shown some love, that they are picking up wins via Pretty Deadly. Zoe Stark has been looking good. JD McDonough beat down Dolph Ziggler this past Monday on Raw. So you do see that there is an effort to emphasize that NXT stars can, in fact, make headway on the main roster and make a difference. What about that? Well, it depends on who you are. Ask Apollo Crews. Um, also, I, <laughs> you know, but uh, I digress. Listen, um, <laughs> no, no, no. You don't get to just drop his name and then say, let's move on. You had a shot ready for him because I don't think Apollo Crews in his third eye could see that coming, even though he should have. I mean, when he just lost the third eye when he got caught up, he can't see the future now all of a sudden. He can't see what's coming. Or or, or did he see this future coming with his third eye before he got He was like, oh, man. Well, guess I'm going to Raw, guys. Like, where's your third eye now, buddy? Can't wait to see it. First person to bloody his eye is going to be like, oh, my God, he can tell the future. That's so Cruz. You know, that's going to be his new show. Listen, um, I just, <laughs> I, I just think though, I, I do agree with you. I thought the match was really good. Um, but, uh, you know, you gotta be stuck on a follower cruise now, but yeah, the match was good. I, I thought, uh, Pete Dunn had nice fire. Seamus is again, whenever they want him to be a top baby face, they're ready. I think you need to hold the title on the gun there until you're ready for Seamus to take it. He's the guy. I just... The crowd is so behind him. They always, they, they still are. So he's the guy. Um, one thing I, I would like to point out, pretty deadly in Austin Theory. I like the trio. I think I think they could work as a unit if they wanted to do something there. I, I like those three together. Three good-looking, young guys, hungry guys. Like I like that group. I do. I do as well. And you don't have the shade Apollo Cruz like that. That's so Cruz. <laughs> I mean, how can you top that? Really? <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just waiting on him to get a get a couple friends. You know, to get a best friend and an Orlando Brown. Oh my God! Let's actually cast these people. Let's find them. So. I got Nikki Cross as his bestie. Stop it. What? She's great. She's a great Chelsea. Besides Chelsea She's Green. Great That's like two Chelsea. spots on casting. Great Chelsea. Uh, and, and who's who's his Orlando Brown? Oh, let me think about this. His Orlando Brown will be Cedric Alexander. I was going to say Riddle. Well... It tracks. Because Riddle would be like, dude, what are you seeing, man? Can I see? <laughs> you know. Bro. I want to see the Do future, see man. <laughs> He's so wild. Absolutely wild. My I God. have a third eye, too. <laughs> I smoked it earlier today. <laughs> that's right. what he did right yeah. lit it right on up my gosh egregious behavior scott's on one again today pop culture and us we just kind of gel together in the best possible way we've done batman and robin little rugrats and now we have done 
That's So Cruz, the first spinoff to That's So Raven, as Apollo Cruz is Raven Baxter's long lost brother. It runs in the family. I mean, essentially, SmackDown was just a big old school Disney advertisement. I mean, later on, we get the Witches of Waverly Place. So <laughs> Disney's all over the place. I'm done. I want to end the show right now. I want to pack it up because you've gone too far now. I know what you're talking about. We're going full tilt with the craft. I don't know why they still have the tag team titles for NXT when they're on SmackDown. They've had one match. What's happening here? I'm in confusion, but now they're leading a whole coven. Choices. Choices indeed. But <laughs> Scott tried it again. Let's, let's segue from Disney's R Us as we move on to some Money in the Bank qualifying matches. So we have Zelina Vega quickly beat Lacey Evans to move on to the ladder match on the women's side for Money in the Bank. Good for her. That had to have been, I'm going to ask Scott this question very seriously. Do you agree with me? And that the setup for that cold red was the slowest cold red you ever did see in your life. <laughs> Not only was it the slowest, I listen, I I don't need to see her wrestle anymore. Maybe that's just me. You know how I feel about her. So, you know, yeah, it was slow. It was bad. Not here for it. It's time to pack it in on Lacey. I hate to say it. Yeah. It's time to pack it in. We've tried for five years. I think it worked one of those years and she was Rosie the Riveter. Otherwise, not feeling it. We've done two gimmick switches in a year. You would think, let's go back to the military, make her a baby face. Nope, let's make her a heel. So if we're going to do that shit twice, it's time to abort the mission. I hate to say it, but it's true. Pack Lacey up. We're done. The experiment has seen enough i have seen enough we have seen enough respectfully another money in the bank qualifying match was between la knight and montez ford and this match was a little surprising because i wanted montez ford in the money in the bank ladder match in fact i wanted him to win but from out of nowhere in a weird case of holy shit somehow some way la knight survives the bray wyatt curse he's somehow more over than he was before he gets cheered they have the yeah getting over he's over and he actually finds a way to beat montez ford by cheating grabbing the ropes for leverage to pick up the win to move on to the money in the bank ladder match for the guys and i was pleasantly surprised by this the fans do love him they boot montez ford which could be leading to some things down the road for the Prophets and in some ways Bianca Belair as well. But Scott, your thoughts on LA Knight punching his ticket to the O2 Arena in London, England, and possibly being a guy that could climb that ladder and win the Money in the Bank briefcase? I, you know, I don't know how serious WWE is about LA Knight, but they absolutely have somebody that the crowd would fully invest in. I mean, there's not a lot of people that the crowd is going to boo Montez Ford against, especially for no reason. Now I will say, I don't know if he did this intentional, if it's just him being a little bit more aggressive, but he looked like he was kind of feeding into those boos a little bit, you know, when they were doing the boo yays and he would get booed and then kind of have a look on his face and look out. And then he was throwing a little bit harder blows. Like, I, I think Montez Ford would be an absolutely fantastic heel. And I think Angelo Dawkins would be the most obnoxious, annoying heel 
possible. He would be loud, more over the top. I man, I think they would be excellent with Bianca Belair as as a heel trio. Like I hope that's coming and I hope Bianca gets the title back and just goes on another historic run. Same with the like I, I there's a lot of switches that, and, and role changes that I think could really benefit and just give a jolt tag division, singles division, women's division. There are just some changes that need to happen, I think, just to freshen some things up. And Montez Ford, I thought, even if he didn't mean to, I thought he would have looked real good as a heel right there against L.A. Knight. The potential's there. I'm loving it. I think that is a tale of things to come. I have read rumblings about some potential heel turns for Montez Ford and Bianca Belair later this year, but it's got to make sense. And that could be step one. I think he could be a natural heel that needs that bravado to get over as a babyface down the road. But I do see the vision. I think that there is a big time singles run for Montez Ford. He's a great babyface, but I think he also has a mean streak as a heel that will get him equally as over. And the people will love him when it's all said and done because he's so damn charismatic. But if you give him something different to do, potentials there for him to be a big time star in WWE and I do hope that he has a second chance to get into the money in the bank ladder match later this month as well yeah I do too but part of me kind of hopes there's another plan like I you know I I I don't know I get he is he would be the human highlight reel you know he's gonna give a great performance but I'd almost rather him you know take another big loss and maybe have the heel turn happen on the pay-per-view. Like, I think that would be the crowd to do it in front of. You get a great reaction. Um, I I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much into that, but I don't know if I really want him in the ladder match if he's not going to win it. And I don't want him to win it, personally. I, I think if LA Knight's in it, he's, he's got to be the guy you go with. I'm torn. If this was like three or four months ago, I would say Montez Ford all the way because he had an excellent performance inside Elimination Chamber. And then L.A. Knight, we also love him too. And he's getting over. He survived the Bray Wyatt curse. That's very rare. And he's charismatic. He can go in the ring. The People love him. He's playing heel, but I don't know how long that's going to last. But yeah, this is so conflicting to me, but it's a good problem to have. You got two people that can be very good in this match and we'll see how it goes, depending how WWE plays it in the next few weeks or so. As we now get to the meat and potatoes of this episode of SmackDown, it is a celebration of the 1000 day reign of Roman Reigns as undisputed WWE Universal Champion. And we have this fantastic video package that kicks off SmackDown, a timeline of the champions from WWE's past who held the title 200, 300, 400, 500, so, so days until Roman Reigns crossed day 1000. And the one thing that jumped out at me, Scott, was the fact that in this timeline, I do believe I saw one Phil Brooks, CM Punk, and his title reign being highlighted in WWE canon. I almost fell out my chair. Well, yeah, absolutely. Why wouldn't we show CM Punk when we're about to pass him? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Highlight that man. And don't forget about CM Punk, his historic 400. Yeah, we doubled that. And some. And we're still going. Yeah, of course they did. What do you mean? If there's if there's anybody, I mean, listen, there's nothing more petty than a wrestling promoter. 
You know, <laughs> that's we've definitely seen that. So I'm I'm absolutely not surprised. They probably they know CM Punk's coming back. They knew he was coming back. So they're like, yeah, let's show him so we can show what Roman has done to surpass him. That makes complete sense. And I agree with you. I thought the video package and the narration um, is showing the champion, showing the lineage. Lex Luger had a championship way longer than I thought. Um, but I, I'm just saying, like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, that was just, I thought, I thought it was all really good. That shook so many people on the timeline on Friday. Like, how, when, where did Lex Luger have this reign as champion? It was like 200 and something days. I, that's six months. When, where, how? I mean, we're I know, I, I, know I don't know my old school, but like, <laughs> I, when did this rain happen? Because it certainly didn't happen at SummerSlam. <laughs> Everybody was saying the same thing. Like, how can we account for those 200 plus days? Where were we? <laughs> was the TV off when this happened? Was this non-televised events? I don't know. I just, you know, it was... It was interesting to see it was interesting seeing some of those numbers on there, you know. I also appreciated seeing Kofi, Big E, you know. Shout out to those guys for being on there. Shout out to my brothers. We love them. We absolutely love them. So shout out to Big E and Kofi Kingston. Fill up Big E. We miss you so much. So let's get back to the celebration of Roman Reigns. One thousand days as champion a landmark that has not been crossed in WWE in well over 35 years. So Triple H comes out to have a very special ceremony for Roman Reigns because it's now time to present Roman Reigns with something to commemorate this special achievement. And it is a brand new, undisputed WWE Universal Championship belt. Now, I heard the news about this belt about a day before it was revealed. I had some hope that the belt would look good, special, unique. When Triple H took that cover off that belt, I looked at it. I stared at it. I tried to process it. And all I thought to myself is that they used a Crayola crayon to paint this championship yellow and try to dip it in Hershey gold and present this as a belt that Roman Reigns should be proud of holding. If you're presenting this belt to him, keep it. This belt, Scott, I hate to be a belt hater. This belt is ugly as shit. It looks cheap. And I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I would prefer if he kept those two belts around his waist and or shoulder. And I really cannot believe I'm saying this. Seth's belt, bit gold, Stargate looks better than whatever the hell this was. Triple H, how can you possibly be proud of this template? God help us all. Cody, you should not want this belt. Fuck this belt. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't have this the same the same venom for for Winnie the Pooh's honeycomb title. Um <laughs> I, I I didn't hate it, you know what I mean? And obviously you have some disdain for it and you know, you were never a fan of the of the intergalactic portal that Seth Rollins wears either. So you know, I I I, I get it. You know, I, I get it. 
you know, he 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 pulled off the curtain, and next thing you know, it looks like somebody took a piss and they shined a light on it. I get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I get it. I don't think this belt looks that bad. You know, I I think the gold looks pretty good. That's just me. I don't know, man. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I I just I, I didn't think it was that bad. You know, I these insults just come to me pretty naturally when I think about the look of it. Though, you know, it it could be the wasp title. You know, it looks like wasp decided from Ant Man. Looks like she decided to go get herself a belt. There's that. Yeah, there's, there's it's fine. So, I am in tears right now because you really went the honeycomb route by invoking Winnie the Pooh. And when you do that, you're telling me that's a term of endearment for this ugly-ass belt? When you do that. (laughs) Not at all. The WPHC... Um, is is definitely not an. It's, it's definitely. I'm not using that as an endearment. You know, when I talk about the WPHC, I'm just more so just saying that it's it's not it's not terrible. Like it's not the the New Japan TV title or anything. It's better than that. It's not the 24 seven title, but it's not the best. I I think the the intergalactic portal looks better and better by the passing day. Not you using Winnie the Pooh as an acronym. The WPHC. <laughs> sounds like I'm talking about a, like, instead of a HBCU, it sounds like I'm talking about a, 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 a white historic college. <laughs> instead of a historically black college, a white historic college. Yeah, what, oh in the world I, what is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I am so done with you. In recovery. But this was not the highlight of the segment, despite what we're talking about. The highlight was actually the fact that the Usos were supposed to be banned from the building. They were not supposed to crash this party on SmackDown for Roman Reigns. But you know, WWE, we're going to have party crashes galore. And sure enough, Jimmy and Jey Uso come out there to crash the party. And we are shocked shocked i say by this turn of events so we go to commercial break we come back a lot of time left on the clock so jimmy and jay are in the ring and you know roman is like hey jay i want you to kick your brother in the face like he kicked me in the face and out of champions he dares jay kick your brother in the face you heard me do as i say kick your brother in the face and jay does not pull the trigger jimmy says you know why he won't do it because we're brothers we're blood brothers we're the ones because we are tired of you we have bowed down kissed a ring we have done everything for you for the last three years and you have paid us dirt ever since you don't respect us you don't treat us as equals we've had your back when have you had ours this is all about control this is all about you and we want this to be about us the bloodline together as a family so come on join us be with us get on the same page let's not be about you let's be about us let's be a family let's be the bloodline running wwe because jimmy tired he's been tired for a while now he's seen the light he still wants to be with his cousin in terms of let's run shit but let's be equal partners in this it's just not about you and being on your island all by yourself running shit and so solo is the man in the middle like what does he do because roman says hey solo rose with me he acknowledges me 
And Solo says, I do acknowledge you, my tribal chief, but these right here, these two right here, Jimmy and Jay, these are my brothers. So he slides on over, joins Team Oos, and the fans are popping for this. And Jimmy says, that's our brother. He's going to fall in line with us. So this is your chance, Roman. Do you want to be with us or against us? Do you want to be a family? Do you want to be a part of the bloodline as a whole? We can all respect each other. We can treat each other as equals when we can all love each other. And then Roman's conflicted. He's sticking about it. Paul's in the cut, wondering what's happening here. And then Roman embraces Jimmy. They hug, but you can tell the other shoe's going to drop eventually. And Roman has that look on his face. And then he says, no, I don't comply. I don't accept this offer. And then Solo Sokoa turns around and he delivers a Samoan spike to his brother, Jimmy Uso. And the fans are shocked. And Solo, Roman and Paul exit stage left. Jay can't believe this. Jimmy is heartbroken that his brother betrayed him as he has now been excommunicated from the bloodline. And Paul asks the key question to Roman Reigns, what about Jay, my tribal chief? And then Roman says, Jay will fall in the line. He always does. And they walk away. And that's how SmackDown ends. I love this high drama at its best. The solo switch was great. Jimmy's out of the bloodline. Jay is all by his lonesome, doesn't know what to do. And I love this. This could be leading to a tag team match between Roman and Solo against the Usos at Money in the Bank next month in London, England. A high-profile match, family versus family. I'm here for it. This is still the best storyline in wrestling. When Roman's on TV, that's what matters. And I kind of wanted this. If you're not going to give Cody the belt at WrestleMania, they should still do so very soon. But give us this bloodline drama of the infighting between the family members to say, let's get the Usos over as a babyface crew and let Roman self-destruct on his own time by losing one family member at a time. Yeah, this segment was excellent. Um, I thought this was probably the first time I, I saw Jimmy in a different light where I'm like, wow. Now look at Jimmy standing up to Roman. Look at Jimmy mushing Roman in the face. Like, this was an excellent segment. And Solo Sokoa, that's, I don't think people, and, me, and that's me included, talk enough about just how good he's done being thrown literally into the biggest storyline uh, going right now when you have, I mean, he's side by side with the biggest name in wrestling and he's, he's not overshadowed. He's not on the same level, but he's not overshadowed if that makes sense. You know, he doesn't look like he's afraid or he would shrink to the moment. He looks like if he's given the opportunity, he'd mess around and lay Roman out. And that's, that's exactly what you want your, you know, a guy like that to look like. I just, I think they've done a great job with Solo Sokoa. And I, I, I also think that Jimmy and Jay both like they tell the story so well, Jay not being sure what to do. He didn't react and attack Roman and Solo. He just kind of was like, all right, just that's enough. Let's, let's back off. It almost felt like he's seen this before. He's seen his brothers fight before, but you know, there's there is something more to say. This is a good next chapter. We're absolutely in inning four by now. No question, we're past inning three at this point. So, um, definitely looking forward to the next one. But this was a good chapter, and I saw some talk online about, oh, I can't believe nobody came out and tried the challenge for them. And my pushback to that is, that's not what this this story is. 
is what's what's like Roman Reigns is what's making the title in the story. If we put the title in someone else, it will still not be as important as this story. So this story needed to move forward in this way at this moment. That's what this chapter told. The title will be defended. And that's another part of the story. That's another section of the story. But that's not what this chapter was about. And that's that's okay. That's good. And that's the versatility of this story can go in many different directions. We kind of wanted this, you know, one of my other ending at WrestleMania, but this is still a very compelling storyline, which I love. The performances have been so good, but Jimmy's doing what he should have did two years ago. He came back hot. Remember, he was nobody's bitch. He wanted him and Jay to be a tag team. He was tired of this right hand man shit. And then Roman gaslit him. He fell in line and he's been with the bloodline ever since. But he's finally realized, hey, this is some shit here. This isn't cool. Our cousin's doing the most, but you're not our, just our cousin. You're our brother, too. But Roman is absolutely power-hungry right now, and all he sees is gold, even if it's dipped in Crayola right now. No offense, or as Scott likes to say, the honeycomb by way of Rennie the Pooh, and he's going to acronym that one more time for the road, if I can guess. But this is just a great segment, and it pulled a pretty massive number for Fox. No basketball or hockey competition. So this angle, the fallout from Night of Champions, it is still the hottest thing in professional wrestling today. Another sold-out show, sold-out house shows for WWE. This promotion is hot. And listen, you know, you can make all the jokes you want about the WPHC, but that thing is about to be all over arenas everywhere, all over the world. So you better get used to seeing that piss in the stands because it's going to be piss yellow, piss gold all over arenas all over the world. Get your WPHC coming to an arena near you. Scott Young, ladies and gentlemen, making piss jokes at our champion's expense because that championship looks like a giant urine stain. It's a urinal belt. Congratulations, Roman. (laughs) Golden shower belt. That's what that is. I hate to say it, but it's true. I hate this belt. Seth, I apologize. Your belt's better. Oh, God. I can't believe I just recanted. But yeah, that's how bad this belt is. Do better, WWE. Do better by your belt designs. Cody, don't claim this. In fact, Get you the winged eagle. Get you the winged eagle and say, "Listen, I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. Stop it, please." Somebody said that they just got that off of uh, W two K Creations. Oh. oh, Jesus, that's even worse. That's that's bad. That's really it's bad. Fine, it's fine. No, Scott the the way you shaded this belt in your soul, you hate it. You say it's a I, piss stain. I don't hate it. Like I don't I don't I don't hate it, but it's it's definitely not a it's it's not the best look. Like it's definitely not good, but I don't I don't hate it. Like I you know, I just it's just an easy belt to make jokes about. That's all. I don't hate it though. But they could have done better. Man, give me Daniel Bryan's hemp belt. That was a belt, damn it, to save the environment. I I, yeah, maybe he should have just kept the two. I don't know. Because yeah, now we're not going to see him flapping his things around anymore. Oh, no. He can't flap his imaginary dicks anymore? Yeah. Damn. Damn. He used to do that with such 
vigor to like he knew what he was doing. He knew exactly uh, what he was doing. Oh, he's just so naughty. I love him for it, but he can't big dick the spell. It's ugly. It's disgusting, but here we are. <sighs> Heavy spiritual sigh. As we now move on to the end of the show, as it's time for us to pick the best damn television match we saw this week across Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Main Event, Hell, even NXT Level Up. So, Scott, your pick. What is the best match you saw from WWE this week? Man, you know, the, the tag match was solid on Monday Night Raw, the main event, um, Rollins and AJ versus Judgment Day. I thought that was a really good match. Uh, but I, I think I'm going to give it to the six-man that opened SmackDown. I, I thought the energy was good. Uh, it was just I wasn't expecting that high energy of a match, and um, I was pleasantly surprised. So that was really good. But I am going to make sure to throw a shout-out to my boy, Mike Mizana. Y'all go check out that match with Ricochet and see my man looking like a Lucha Libre star. Look at you selling my words because I put your man over for one week. That's right. Using your words, your terms, you said that. I did. I partially regret all of it, but it's true. I will give The Miz one week's worth of grace. He did do that shit very, very well. I'm not going to lie. And he does get an honorable mention out of me. He handled business like a G this past Monday on Raw. But I will also give the week to... Our six-man tag on SmackDown, Balling Brutes, Pretty Deadly, and the U.S. champion, Austin Theory. I love Pretty Deadly getting wins on SmackDown, but Snap takes thoughts, Scott. Um, Pretty Deadly's new theme song, Hell Yes or Hell No? I like the old one. That's just me. I, I thought what they had worked. You don't have to change everything. So not a hell no, just a no. It's a soft hell no. Still, still a hell no for you, huh? <laughs> it is. It is. It is. I mean, it's I eat. It's okay. It's fine. It's not it the really same. Is. It's not the same. It's not the same. I do love the old theme. I was offended. Like, what is this music? What is this? I was not alerted to this. I can't groove to this. I miss the old music. I love Pretty Deadly. They can make anything work. Maybe it'll grow on me. But like Roman Reigns' piss stain title. I might hate it a bit less than this, but, you know, it is what it is. Nah, if you hate that joint now, ain't no changing that. <laughs> yeah, it ain't never going to change. I hate yeah, that thing that ain't forever. changing. Let's just hope. You, now it's like, you know what, Cody? Just go after Seth. Yeah, at this point. Like, get that belt, homie. Don't go for the piss stain belt. You deserve better. But yeah, I'm just on a belt kick these days and it's just not doing it for me. And I'm so sorry, dear listeners out there. My apologies. We don't mean to offend you all, but these belts are not good. Find your new belt designer, Triple H. Leave these choppers alone that fix these belts for you because they don't know how to chop a belt up. No offense. But with that, that's a wrap for the week that was for WWE, a very busy week in some ways, kind of quiet, but a lot of fun nonetheless. I want to thank my co-captain, my right hand, Scott Young, who was a bit softy this week, but he found a way to be perky in spots as we deep dived into everything under the sun as we dish on all things WWE. Thank you, Keela. As always, it's a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE, especially when we get to talk about Mike Mizana hitting springboard cross bodies. I mean, what more can you ask for out of a week? 
and WWE. Not only that, we get Rugrats references. We, I mean, just just a just a fun time as always. Looking forward to next week. We're on the road to Money in the Bank. Let's see what happens. We shall see. Very fun show as always. Love talking to you. We just go on these tangents, which is always a lot of fun. And dragging belts. That's my jam these days as well. And to further notice, WWE, I'm going to be on your neck. <laughs> Respectfully do better by these designs. But until next week, it's time to fight another battle as we inch closer to Money in the Bank going down to the O2 Arena in London, England on Saturday, July 1st, 3 o'clock p.m. start time on Peacock. We'll cover it for you right here on The Wrap in July. But until then... Let's focus on the week ahead. Enjoy everything WWE across Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and so much more. For myself and for Salty Sky Young, that's a wrap for all things WWE. Take care. Bye-bye. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.